1: The best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and you know what it feels like the night before Christmas here in Barbados where the first test between West Indies and England is just one sleep away. A bit of rain in the air over the last 24 hours but it's been replaced by blue skies, smattering clouds but all eyes downwards to the pitch with opinion varying between those who think England will have to play two spinners and those who think it's going to be a seamer's wicket. Either way, England captain Joe Root is
2: relishing the challenge ahead. We've got a squad of players which is, it sort of covers all bases, and we've got so many different options that we can go with that feel that we can win a test match with. Which, you know, you can't ask for any more than that as a captain. And um, the guys have all prepared well, they're all ready to go. And, you know, there's going to be some difficult decisions to make, as there were in Sri Lanka. So everyone has to be ready to go and have to do everything they can to to help the other guys prepare well as well. A brilliant interview between the England captain and our very own Darren Goff to come. You'll also hear from
1: Wendy's captain Jason Holder, who doesn't mind the underdog tag.
0: Yeah, we always aspire to get better, you know. But, um, yeah, my main thing is just to let the team perform and, you know, do whatever I can do to, to help the team win a few more cricket games and a few more series.
1: More from Jason, Jarrah Kimber, Steve Harmison, Barry Wilkinson, and the remorseful Sam Eliot. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's Tour of the Caribbean. It's just about to get underway. Bring it on. You're listening to Following On. Well, I'm pleased to say for the first time in the series and the first time I'm following on, on location, uh, a man who's been part of TalkSport and TalkSport2's cricket coverage uh, for the last few years is alongside me, towering above me, actually. Um, I suppose it uh, kind of uh, it makes sense, really, as I look at the Joel Garner end. Uh, a man known as Big Bird, TalkSport's very own Big Bird is Steve Harmison. How did you measure up to Joel Garner, actually? Who's taller?
3: Oh, he's well, way way taller than than, than I am. Um, I think he's about six foot eight. I think. I remember here being here in two thousand and eight, and we were sitting in the we were practicing in the nets, and Joel tried to get into the the stand, which actually had the Joel Garner stand above it and a guy with a high vis on wouldn't let him in didn't have a ticket can't come in even the great joel garner so you try to politely persuade him once and he got turned back he politely persuaded him again the second time and then all you heard was because he had this great big deep voice which i'm not even going to try and replicate he just went what are you doing here he went i'm working on the joel garner stand he went i'm joel garner get out of my way and he walked into his own stand and yeah when you've got a stand named after you yeah, you're doing something special, Jimmy Anderson at Old Trafford's in the same, but it's fantastic. Blue skies. are watching, you know, Sam Curran, um, Ben Stokes having a bowl Interesting that Stuart Broad's not bowling, um, mm. but I played golf with him yesterday, and Stuart and Jimmy bowled a lot yesterday, um, which tells me that age and legs, experience. Heavy day yesterday, light day today, probably won't bowl. So that's probably not giving us any indication whether Stewart's going to play or not because I think there's a, how do we see this pick, pitch? But I think relevance as well, that Jack Leach hasn't had a ball in the middle. He's he's bowling a little bit in the nets, but he's not had a go in the middle, which would tell me that probably
1: Broad is going to play over the, the spin of, uh, second spinner of, of Jack Leach. So Anderson, Broad, Curran, Stokes, of course, no second spinner. I mean, look at that pitch. Um, how do you think it's going to play?
3: Yeah, looking at that pair, I think Sam Curran was always going to play. I think it was it was. It's a broad. I think probably it's broader leech after what's happened in um, in Sri Lanka. Um, I think Broad is a shoe in for me. I'd pick him every time. Broad and Anderson. I think while they are fit and are able to bowl, I think you play them on on most most conditions and most surfaces. I understood a little bit to you know protect them in 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 the uh, in Sri Lanka, but on this. I was talking to Jimmy Adams, who's director of cricket at the West Indies, um, not long ago and he wasn't exactly sure. I think when we look at the pitch, it's very interesting that very next to the pitch, there's another pitch prepared and that's a lot drier. And the one that we're going to play on, it looks a little bit more, a little bit damper. It's got a, a darker uh, brown tinge to it, where the one next to it has got a, obviously a lighter, which means it's been dried out a little bit more. Same coverage of green grass. Um, maybe he's the one on the on the outside. Has got a little bit more, but the the telling sign is when you and which will ha- a problem for Sam Curran is w- the the stump microphones are cut out and they're normally cut out right behind the stumps. Now here they're cut in between the two pitches, which tells me I'm not sure the Barbados or West Indian Cricket Board was sure on which pitch they wanted to the play on. They have prepared a dry one. They prepared a damp one, and I think they've gone heads and tails. Which one are we going to play? Try and take England on. They've gone for the one that's got a little bit more moisture in it, and now uh, it'd be interesting to see if that that holds the pitch together for longer. Me personally, I'd play on. I'd play on the one that's the driest, the one that's not going to last the longest. Because the one that's not going to last the longest for me is the one that the West Indies have got better chance of winning. I don't think West Indies have got a chance and a hope of winning taking England in the fifth year because the England's batsmen are far too good. England's bowlers, the West Indian bowlers, West Indian attack's a good attack, very good attack. But I just think if on a flat pitch, West Indies haven't got a best, though, to get a hun- that 100. They haven't got a route to go and get that 100 bat battle, day. And I think to play on a wicket which is going to go up and down very, very early and bring the bring the game closer to the West Indies would be the one for me if I was in the West Indies. And maybe this is a playing on a, a damp one, hoping that it might just do a bit because we're hearing that. These Duke balls have swung in the nets. So if it is nibbling, it is swinging
1: wouldn't surprise me if you win the toss and have a ball here brilliant stuff well look, Harmi's going to be part and parcel of um uh our commentary and this podcast and social media and pretty much everything. We're going to rinse him essentially for three weeks, send him back premium economy, squeeze him onto the plane um, and then uh, unpack him when he gets back to Ashington and uh, and wheel him out at some other point during the summer. Absolutely brilliant to have him on board. Um, uh, Darren Goff, another guy uh, that is, of course, part of our coverage, has been talking to the England captain, Joe Root. Let's have a little listen to what he had to say. Hi, Joe. Um, I mean, great tour of
4: Sri Lanka. You've obviously been off on Austria on your travels, playing, getting some experience playing uh, T20, but now here in
2: the West Indies it's a great country to tour, isn't it? fantastic, um, brilliant to start things off here in Barbados, we've had a good start to the cricket as well, we've played some some good stuff in the four days warm up um, everyone's got some, some good things out of that and we prepared very nicely yesterday, yesterday. so hopefully we can do more of the same today and, and feel in really good shape going into the series
4: And I'm sure you've done your research, what surprised me actually is but England and not got had much success in the West Indies, i really really surprised, me. is it one win or something since 1968, I mean it really surprised me, so you've been doing your research on that, obviously,
2: yeah, it's a it's a very it's historically been very tough for us to come and win here, and we know that this West Indies side are, are very good in their own conditions. Um, you know, they've been written off in the media, but they certainly haven't been by us. Um, we know that we're going to have to play really well out here to win. Um, they've got some very talented players. They um, they you know performed exceptionally well at Headingley in our own conditions where they beat us there. So we know that we're going to have to play some good stuff, and we're going to have to be consistent with it as well. So. You know, it's not going to be an easy challenge, and you know the expectations on us now to come and win, which we've not had abroad for a long time. Um, and you know that's a, another step in our development as a side. So hopefully we can we can take that on board, um, and you know we can embrace it and, and see us grow again. And we have having all that success in Sri Lanka, which was a
4: great tour to be part of as, as a commentator. So you as a player must have been special. But I'll tell you what, it must have given you an headache now as a captain. Because you go out there here in Barbados, you look at the pitch, it's a great place
2: to play cricket. But selection's not straightforward, is it, as a captain? No, it's not. And, you know, you look at that wicket right now and it, it doesn't really tell you that much. Um, so we'll, we'll turn up tomorrow. Um, unfortunately, we're not in a position where we can name a 12 or a side. Um, but we feel that we're in a strong position because we've got a squad of players which is it sort of covers all bases and we've got so many different options that we can go with that feel that we can win a test match with which, you know, you can't ask for any more than that as a captain and um, the guys have all prepared well they're all ready to go and, um, you know, there's going to be some difficult decisions to made as there were in Sri Lanka but... You know, it's a great place to be and it's got to be the main focus for this, this group is that it's going to be a squad effort. It might not be the same, same team for the three games. So everyone has to be ready to go and have to do everything they can to, to help the other guys prepare well as well.
4: And last one from me, Joy. It's as so simple as if there's one thing you could improve, would it be that first-inch total? I mean, England seem to get off to a flyer. Then there's that little collapse. The 350-plus target must be the minimum for you guys going forward, what you want to, want to uh, achieve.
2: Yeah, I think in the last couple of years, it's been strange. The rhythm of test cricket might have changed slightly and you're finding a lot more pitches be a bit more bowler-friendly at the start of an innings and at the start of a game. And The rhythm of play has been not what it used to be, if you like, um, and, and managing that and getting up to a big first-inning score, 350 plus, it has become slightly trickier, especially in different parts of the world. So as much as possible if if we can be skillful enough to exploit that and, and find ways of getting up to 350 we know that we're going to give ourselves great chances of winning games of cricket and yeah it might not be something that we've been um extremely strong on in the past and in in the last year even but we have still won eight out of nine tests as you said so if if we can you know sort that out and, and get that right then you know hopefully then we'll, we'll see this team really start to improve and and hopefully you know get up to the towards that number one spot which we want and the blades are doing well mate? Yeah, blades are flying, it's great. Loving it. <laughs> Cheers, Joe. Cheers,
0: Good luck. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
1: dot org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Joe Root, there, captain of England, ahead of this three-test series with Darren Goff. Brilliant interview, and thanks to uh, uh, the England cricket team for allowing us a little bit extra time with Goffy. Um, I know that we, uh, the Drive Time Show, appreciated it. And so did uh, so did we all, just to be able to listen to that. I'm appreciating the fact that Barry's back. Haven't seen you for a couple of days, Barry. This is a small island. You must be forever bumping into friends and family members. I tell you what, you've got no chance doing anything. You shouldn't be on this island because there's going to be somebody who
5: can see you. Isn't that true? Not that that you're that kind of man, of course. No, but that's the unfortunate thing about living in a small island. Everyone knows you. Everyone sees you. Everyone knows your business. It's quite, quite uncomfortable sometimes
1: oh wow you wear that uncomfortable uh, nature very very well you look like you enjoy life and that's really how people here seem to go about their business um been a couple of days since we since we caught up now we heard from richard pybus the uh, interim coach of the west indies for this series and beyond world cup tours of india i know it's a very political um state of affairs just give the listeners back home a little bit of an idea or an understanding why there is some controversy surrounding his appointment. Um, He was asked the question we heard from him yesterday,
5: but just give us a a, a balanced view um, from your uh, own perspective. Well, back in 2014, Richard Pybus was the director of cricket. uh, Back then, it was the West Indies Cricket Board. And uh, that was when the tour to India got called off. Uh, It was called off by... uh, Dwayne Bravo who was the then captain of the West Indies team uh, there was some acronym between those members of the team at the director of cricket, Richard Pybus, who they believe should have addressed them directly and not through the West Indies Players Association, WIPA, who the board were trying to address the matter and the standoff between. Uh, as director of cricket, um, Pibus, of course, was in, in the West Indies, and they felt that the president, Dave Cameron, they felt that Pybus should have come to India to have a face-to-face meeting with them. That never happened. Because uh, the, I guess the president felt, look, we've been dealing with WIPA. Weeper will deal with you and then WIPA will deal with us. But those uh, some senior players didn't feel that way. And there was a, a standoff since then. The relationship between Pibus, the relationship between certain players was always very, very effy, very standoffish. And I think that Richard Pibus uh, felt, well, look, if these players don't want to play for West Indies, which is uh, what you will consider to be an honour, then we can move on and get new players. And um, from then on, there was that kind of uh, division between Richard Pybus and some members of the West Indies team. Fast forward four or five years, it's a virtually a new team. A lot of those players are not... In the setup any longer. Of course, in the test setup, because in the one day setup, you still do have some of those players who would have been on that abandoned tour. And I, I, I don't think that the blood ever cooled from that 2014 period. Pybus left West Indies cricket board, came back in a different position, and now he all of a sudden is the interim head coach. So I think that blood might have still lingered a little bit with West Indies fans who felt very you know, very bad about what happened in 2014 and when the team went away in 2016 there was another standoff and it was generally felt that, look these players, we're going to play for the West Indies people, we're not playing because we agree with what the board wants to do. And when they won, um, I think Pibus would have taken credit for the man who would have been the architect of that victory and also the architect of the victory that same year of the women, women winning and also the under-19s who won. So Pibus could claim that he was the architect of three victories when he was the director of cricket for the West Indies uh, cricket team. The players don't feel that way. They felt like it was us. And that kind of has gone on within the team that, look, there's there's always been a, a standoff since 2014. And they just are not, you know, feeling him as they would say here in the caribbean uh, i don't know how these Kurt crop would actually feel from what i've seen i watched the practice session this morning i watched uh, the day before on saturday there seems to be no problems whatsoever with jason holder and richard Pybus whatsoever the board obviously don't have a problem with him they, they just hired him as the interim coach at least the majority of the board so that will be the history to why there is some bad blood and some controversy in the caribbean with the fans and richard Pybus. Well, thank you for that. Succinct to the point and
1: uh, enlightening as well. It's a topic of conversation that could go on and on. Rally, rally around the West Indies. I suppose that really has got to be the message going into what is going to be a huge test for this uh, inexperienced side, certainly within the batting lineup, um, new players back in, in it as well. You just hope that they get off to a strong start, otherwise... You, you've got the feeling it might start uh, to uh, descend into some finger-pointing and the blame game gets uh, trotted
5: out again. Yeah, i go back to 2015. I remember that first test. West Indies should have lost that test. But Jason Holder got his first test century, and the, the match ended in a draw. Mm. It, was, it was indeed a tremendous innings from Jason Holder. But then they lost in Grenada. But they bounced back. They came here and they won and they beat England in three days. Mm. So... The thing about the West Indies team is that you get a sense from them they can be really bad one day, but then they can be really good another. And we saw that two years ago as well in England when they lost that first test. Jeffrey Boycott said this is the worst West Indies team. Not only that has come to England, but that was the worst West Indies team he's ever seen. And then they bounced back and they beat England in of all places, in, in, a, in a great fashion. This team is capable of doing that. When you look at the, the architects of that last victory here, uh, you've got Darren Bravo, who's back. He was away for the last two and a half years. He was one of the main men that won that Test match, and he's back. He's here playing. Uh, there's no Dennis Ramden. Jason Holder is still very much here. He's now the captain. So, you know, look, this team is capable of beating England. England, on paper, no doubt about it much stronger team. I give them that. But I still feel that the West Indies will have some good individual performances. What they haven't done is to get them collectively. If they can get them collectively, we could be in for a very competitive test series. Brilliant stuff. Barry, thanks for your time. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Barry's going to be part of the commentary team.
1: Actually, I look forward to seeing you tonight because we've got a meal. We've got a team meal ahead of the first test. Everyone getting together, the entire uh, talk sport team, um, getting together for a bit of barbecue, a bit, uh, bit of chicken, bit of, a few sausages. Uh, and you know what, Barry? All we're going to talk about is cricket. That's great. That's all we talk about. <laughs> Can it cricket, get any cricket, cricket, cricket. Can it get any better? Well... No actually we're in Barbados we're talking cricket ahead of the first test match you can hear exclusively live on Talksport Talksport 2 um let's hear we've just had Barry uh, let's hear from another man who hails from this island uh, Jason Holder the captain of the West
0: Indies been speaking to Jarakimba test team of the year you must be uh, you must be pretty happy with that yeah pretty pleased with it you know obviously I had a pretty good year in 2018 but you know, that's history now, it's 2019 is upon us and it's just, just a matter for me to continue doing the same things or if not, surpass it.
6: I mean, there's been a lot of talk about your captaincy and one of the things that people look to, towards you the most is for inspiring your players. You had an incredible year last year. You know, I suppose now what you're looking for is the whole team to step up the way that you and Shannon and some of the other guys
0: did? Yeah, um, it's something that we spoke of in, in the dressing room. Uh, obviously, we have individual performances going throughout the entire year, both in Test, test cricket and one-day cricket. It's just a matter for us to bring it together a little bit more collectively. Uh, we've definitely got what it takes, you know, Know, just a matter of putting it together more often than not, as I said. And, you know, definitely we, we spoke about a few plans and a few things that we wanted to change from last year. And it's just a matter for us getting into this year as quickly as possible and, you know, changing a few things. Now, recent
6: history against England's been interesting. You had the mediocre comments a couple of years ago, and then you had the terrible test at Edgebaston, followed up by the incredible test at Leeds. Uh, you know, how do you plan for England with so many all-rounders? How do you look to the, that kind of series?
0: I think it's, a, it's just about finding the balance, you know. More so focusing on what we want to do. I think um, if we go into this series focusing a lot more on what we want to do, and we have solid plans, you know, then the last thing to do is just execute them. You know, obviously England has been playing some really good cricket, uh, three-love victory in, in Sri Lanka, um, yeah. But they're a beatable team. You know, just a matter for us to exploit their weaknesses. Um, as I said before, we've planned, and just a matter for us to go and execute.
6: And Shannon has had an incredible. Well, a couple of years now. What's the difference? A couple of years ago, he looked uh, quite, like he was bummed quite straight, and now he seems to be getting a bit of movement off the pitch. Is that just a technical change he's made?
0: I think his experience, you know, the longer you play, the more things you pick up. You know, he's been obviously one of our main fast bowlers for the last couple of years, and and it's really good to see him reaping the rewards now. Uh, I remember, my channel first started to really come into to international cricket and, and as well professional cricket. You know, I was there alongside him in the academy and it's been a significant transition, man. He's, he's, he's really come on leaps and bounds and I'm really pleased to see his progress. You know, hopefully um, he can continue in the vein he's been going and you know, put his name right up there with the best fastballs that's, that's played for West Indies.
6: You're the hometown boy. Tell me about the pitch. What, what, are, we, what are we going to see? Uh, you know, in the, the CPL, you guys, the they struggled a little bit, but the, the pitch was pretty quick and it had a bit of bounce at times.
0: Is that what we're going to see out there? It's hard to tell. You know, I played a first-class game here a couple of weeks ago and I was pretty flat. Um, yeah, um, the last few test matches have been a bit up and down as well, so something that we could probably keep in the back of our minds, you know. But I guess come tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we'll have a really good idea of what's going on with the surface and, you know, we make our assessment then and, and try to formulate some more plans as the game goes on.
6: And I suppose for a lot of you, there's so many Barbados boys in this team. It must be special to be able to uh, play here, especially in a big test like against against England.
0: Yeah, really special. You know, it's obviously the home ground for a number of us, um, and a few of the guys have obviously played test matches here before. It's always been it's always been a, a ground for us, you know, to do well on, and you know, we're looking to continue in that vein. Um, obviously, a number of Barbadians here, and the support should be should be really warm. So it's something that we're all looking forward to.
6: And most importantly, you're looking forward to getting in the ICC test team again for this year. So, the uh, average was 12. Can we get lower than 12?
0: <laughs> yeah, we always aspire to get better, you know. But, um, yeah, my main thing is just to let the team perform and, you know, do whatever it can do to, to help the team win a few more cricket games and a few more series.
1: Jason Holder, West Indies captain with Jared Kimber. Um, joined uh, for the tail end of the show by a man who looks a little bit lighter in the pocket, uh, Sam LR. We heard from Sam yesterday. He cut a pensive figure. Did Sam hear? at the Kensington Oval, uh, wondering just how much money he was going to have to spend on Matt Pryor's meal. Well, lucky for him that Matt Pryor is on a uh, a self-inflicted diet from alcohol. So actually, Sam, it didn't actually end up as bad as you thought it would be.
7: If you'd have said to me a few weeks ago, my bill at Lone Star for myself and Matt Pryor would be 430 Barbados dollars, which is around just under 200 pounds mm. um, I would have been a very very happy man Matt Pryor is training and therefore look don't get me wrong John he had a wonderful steak he had a nice starter but thankfully there was no big bottles of red wine there was no glasses of champagne popping there was no beers so I think he had a diet coke so it could have been very bad for myself but in the end it wasn't but I've got to say what a place uh, to, to go and eat you people are out here in Barbados now Lone Star even at lunchtime that the views are brilliant lovely 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 food and a comes as well wasn't too bad listening to to Matt Pryor, Steve Harmson and Darren Goff talk about cricket for a couple of hours that wasn't too bad either. Okay well no advert for Lone Star there are other restaurants
1: available but what life lessons have you learned from this experience Sam? I've learned
7: to never challenge a former professional sportsman to a a, a physical challenge and really really as my mum says to me all the time think before you speak so uh, I won't be challenging Matt Pryor or any of the uh, the Talksport team to a, to a weight loss competition because uh, yeah my bank account suffered brilliant stuff oh well uh, good good
1: on him for actually coughing up the money because I wasn't sure you didn't think I was going to cough up did you you well we made knew you're right it, it did cross <laughs> my mind that you were going to bolt for the door when the bill came but you didn't so credit to you uh, this time uh, tomorrow we'll play will be underway here at Kensington Oval uh, following on will be a recap from the first day's play of the first test of three, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Thanks for listening. This has been Following On. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe, either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow.